It's Amen Brother Ben, the podcast that keeps you focused on God and acting like Jesus. Getting ready to end off this series and the Old Testament with this milestone, episode 50. We've been doing this thing, 20 or 30 episodes deep, uh, just in this series that we've been walking through for about six weeks. Um, as a church and as a podcasting audience, you might not even necessarily go to our church, but uh, Minor Prophets, Major Truth. It's been pretty awesome. I've been one of my favorite series, in fact, uh, to be a part of, to be able to teach. I've learned probably as much as anybody. Um, and we've been doing this through sermons at Freedom Family Church in Siler City. Um, and so you can check out those sermons. You can also get the reading plan. Maybe you're checking in right here at the last bit. You can go back anytime, listen to these, read along, watch the sermons on our YouTube page or our Facebook page and, uh, and catch yourself up. But it's part of the Bible. A lot of people were excited because they're like, I've read this, but I don't really understand it. And a lot of people have gained a lot of understanding through walking through this together. And so we are finishing off Malachi today. Have no idea where we're going from here, to be honest. Um, you just pray for me over the next couple of days. I want to be able to work that out. But um, we've been going through, and Malachi ends strong, man. It ends uh, on a high note, but it also takes some things to task. There was a, there were six disputes in this book where God and, and the people of God are having this conversation through Malachi. And uh, and so we've talked about about two of them per episode. Uh, the fifth dispute goes a little something like this, and this is from chapters three and four of Malachi, as we're going to kind of hit this all in one today. Uh, Basically, the idea was God said, hey, turn back. He's like, turn back to me. And uh, he says, I'm the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Like, I've made this covenant with you. You deserve a whooping more than what you've gotten, but I've been faithful. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. So now he says, return to me and I will return to you. So this is what God is asking once again, one more time, even though we've been over this over and over again in the other minor prophets, he's like, turn back to me and I will turn back to you. I will make things right, even though you messed it up. And so they say, well, how? Again, have you ever talked to somebody, you're taking them to task, and they're like, I don't know what to do, how? God's like, I've told you what to do. And he, and he starts confronting their selfishness. In fact, one of the issues that they had gone astray from uh, with God was as their giving. See, it's this thing called tithing that you may or may not have been aware of, but it's it's something that's talked about and debated uh, in the world today and in the church today. But God had made this this rule that you would give at least a tenth of what you brought in and what you produced, and you would bring it to the storehouse. You would bring it to the temple. You would bring it to God uh, as a way to uh, not only facilitate um, the practice of your faith as a group, but also that it would show your dedication to him. It would, you know, the, the Bible is clear. Everything good that we have is from him anyway. 
So it's not like God's like, I need you to support me. No, God's got enough. It, it's, it's just allows us to uh, have the right reflection and the right perspective on our stuff. And so he says, he says, do this, but this is one of the few opportunities where we have to test God. And usually he says, you're not going to, don't test me. Don't put me, don't, you know, try to manipulate me into doing stuff. But in this particular instance, he says, test me and see if I don't pour out the blessings of heaven on you. And so this is something we teach in our church a lot. And a lot of people get mad at us for talking about money, but this is the, the fact that we want you to be blessed, right? When you're generous, when you give at least 10% of what you have to God, um, then you, you're, you're blessed. And, but a lot of people have actually tried to argue with me because they're, they're pseudo wannabe Bible scholars and they, they watch a YouTube video or two and they think they're a professional, you know, or they've actually not read the whole book. They just find the verses they want to. And they say, well, you know, tithing, that was something that, that God instituted with Moses. That's Mosaic law, actually. And uh, we don't have to do that anymore because Jesus came and now all of a sudden we don't have to give our tithes. Sorry, I get a little aggravated when people come at me with garbage. I'm like, have you even read the Bible? Because see, here's the thing. Tithing has been around before Moses. In fact, it goes back to Genesis where there was an instance of of people tithing to a priest of God uh, way before they established Israel as a nation and God's people, you know, and and through all of that. Um, So it's a thing no matter what. Um, before the Torah and before the Old Testament uh, laws. But uh, on top of that, uh, what Jesus does, he says, I didn't come to overturn these old school things. I came to fulfill them. I came to complete them. And, And so you know what Jesus says about giving? He says, where your treasure is shows me where your heart is. And so if you're, if you're haggling about uh, giving a 10th to God, a tithe, that's again, that's all that is, is one tenth then that's communicating something that maybe you're, you don't really want to be communicated. That if, if you're not willing to give God even 10%, because really Jesus says we should give more. He says we should give that, uh, that we give God control of everything that we have. And so really we should be giving more than 10%. That's just kind of the, the, the minimum basement, making sure that we're obedient. So that was a dispute that God has that we still struggle with today. We tip God. We don't tithe. Uh, we don't put God first. Like I talked about the other day, but then there was another dispute and it kind of wraps up this whole thing. And I think it's so good how Malachi wraps up the old Testament and sets the stage for Jesus. He says, it's, the, the complaint was, it's pointless to serve you and worship you, God, because the world is so evil. Like how, even though we serve you and we remain faithful, bad people are still successful. By the way, that's a complaint that we still struggle with today. If God is God, if Jesus is real, then why do all these bad things happen? And for once, Jesus doesn't reply with, um, you know, just a statement. He, he tells this story. Of, of a faithful remnant of people, just a little bit left, uh, that, that love to get together and they love to talk about how to honor and, the ser- and to serve God. And he says, we, we need to make a scroll, what they call a scroll of remembrance. They need to, to write down all the good things that God has done so that they'll remember. It will point us to the past, to God's faithfulness in the past, and that will inspire faith and hope for the future, even in the darkest times. By the way, that's why these books are important. That's why I'm not just spending my time talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, right? And and what are the red letters? The, because the red letters that Jesus spoke, they 
they are they are f- founded on all the rest of the Old Testament. That there's nothing in God's word. Second uh, Timothy says that all Scripture is is breathed uh, is breathed out from God and useful for teaching and correction and encouragement and reproof and all these good things. That's what the what Timothy tells us is uh, is important. And so that's why we spent all this time. We spent thirty some episodes on books of the Bible that um, that a lot of times people don't like to read because it reminds us of what God has done and it reminds us of the character of God. And and so Malachi wraps up this whole, he goes out of this response from God and he, he wraps it up with this reminder that, that we should remember the laws of Moses, even though they apply differently to us these days. We should remember these uncomfortable stories of rebellion and and restoration uh, of God's people because that rebellion and restoration is a, is something that happens in the human heart. And that's something that we can link into. Uh, and, and we get to find another way here to know the character of God and the promises that he has made to his people. And so he makes one more promise and he promises to send another messenger. He says, this is going to be a better version of guys like Moses and Elijah or any of these prophets that we've read about. Those guys were flawed. Those guys came up short, but, but there would, he would send a messenger. He would send a prophet that would, that would complete this final process of redeeming and buying back and saving this righteous remnant of faithful followers so that when this day of the Lord comes, and again, it talks about the day of the Lord that we've, we've heard multiple times throughout these books. When the day of the Lord comes, it's not something that we should be afraid of. In fact, it says in Malachi 4, it says, uh, for when, but for those of you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy. The day of reckoning, the, the day of judgment, the day when everything gets put back the way it's supposed to be, uh, it's going to be scary for those that are wicked, for those who have refused to follow God. But for those of us righteous remnant, again, we're not made righteousness by our own works. We're made righteous from Jesus. We have God has gifted us the righteousness of Jesus when we get saved. And so even though we fall short, we are uh, accorded a seat at his table. We are accorded a spot in the flock because of Jesus's righteousness. And when that day comes, when the end of the world comes, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to, because we know it's not the end. And we know that this is going to be, uh, this is going to be the best thing to look forward to. This is going to be, uh, again, I love that phrase. The son of righteousness, uh, will rise with healing in his wings. Everything will be as it should be. God will wipe every tear away. He will make things right. Justice will rule and reign. And and those that, that will put their faith in him, man, we get a happy ending. And so that is my hope. That should be your hope. What a great way to end off. Again, all these, this this uncomfortableness, uncomfortableness, all this judgment, all this injustice, all this sin, yeah, it, it sucks for now, but there's going to come a day where God makes that all right. And he did it through his son, Jesus. He purchased that on the cross already. And when Jesus comes back again, oh, it's going to be on. And so that's that's it, man. That's uh, Malachi. That's the Minor Prophets. That's the Old Testament. Um, I hope it's been a, an encouragement to you. It's been an encouragement to me. It's reminded me of how good God is and how, how fiercely I need